0: guys welcome back to another episode of coffee and van chats on the out of bounds network my name is john Croom. if you haven't already please make sure you hit that subscribe button leave us a review go to my website buy a coffee mug and some socks and stickers and sign up to subscribe to this podcast where you're donating to us monthly so we can keep doing cool episodes. No, I'm just kidding. You can just sit here and, uh, listen to this episode. Uh, but anyways, back for another episode is, uh, Colby Lang. Yeah. We sat down with Colby Lang a few months ago, uh, chatted a little bit about depression and, uh, about what he was going through in the sport while he was living in Europe. I had the pleasure of running into Colby while I was at the four days of Geneva. We both were there racing the race and, uh, yeah, we sit down, we chat what it was like to race that race. Uh, the experiences of being in switzerland and racing and uh kind of what it's like racing a four-day madison it's pretty hectic uh there was 12 teams on a 166 track if you're not familiar with what a madison is just hit pause on this episode and uh go to youtube and check out madison track racing and then you can come back to this episode because and even then you still probably won't be able to fully comprehend it but it's absolutely mental um And so anyways, yeah, it was gear restricted. It was, it was a whole different experience, but anyways, um, Yeah, let's go ahead and dive into that episode. But first, let's hear a quick message from the sponsors. And back for another episode, guys, is Spot. Spot covers your medical bills up to $20,000 each time you get injured. Spot will cover your actual out-of-pocket costs instead of a fixed fee. In a world where many people are under and uninsured with sky-high deductibles, Spot fills that gap that's sorely lacking in the outdoor space. Spot has no deductible and is a monthly subscription, can be canceled at any time. Spot works whether you have health insurance or not. While Spot works with and covers a lot of cyclists and mountain bikers, Spot Policy covers you 24-7 worldwide, whether you're ripping a crit, skiing a black diamond, chopping up your food in your kitchen, or even climbing Mount Everest. So check out Spot. All you have to do is go to kroom.getspot.com. That's kroom.getspot.com www.getspot.com and you can check out your quote today Um, and honestly guys you don't even have to do that if you're racing with uh, usa cycling they're actually offering it a part of their membership fees now it's a completely different service and by completely different um, it, it only works in certain situations i think it's like for racing and training i don't know you have to read the fine print and by the fine print it's pretty much listed when you sign up for it Um, so it's it's two different it's two different um, types of coverage but um, all you have to do is go check them out at um, kroom.getspot.com or you can go to USA Cycling through your membership and check out what they offer but this spot is such an awesome company. I mean it's almost almost too too good to be true and um, I've already had to use it so it works. Um, so again, go check them out at kroom.getspot.com. Also back for another episode is Twisted Spoke CBD. Guys, Twisted Spoke CBDs is located here in Colorado Springs, owned by a bunch of cyclists, and man, are they doing cool things in the space, especially here in Colorado Springs. If you're located in Colorado Springs, make sure you go check them out over on Garden of the Gods Road. Um, They have kombucha on tap, they have cold brew on tap, and and it's just a bunch of cool dudes. Um, And They make some of the best CBD products on the market and you know they're gonna be safe on top of that because they're created by cyclists. So they're making sure that we're putting the right stuff into our bodies for our health and all those other good things. Also, they make a CBD tincture for your pets, for your loved ones. I just had a dog who tore his ACL. We got him on a little bit of the doggy CBD, and uh, yeah, it's calming him down, helping him sleep at night, and it's great. So go check them out at twistedspokecbd.com. That's twistedspokecbd.com. Or if you're in Colorado Springs, make sure you go check them out over on Garden of the Gods Road. Also, back for another episode is Bike Hardcore. Guys, there's no, there's no need to have a dirty bike, especially if you've been listening to this podcast. Bike Hardcore has been a supporter of this podcast for such a long time and honestly a supporter of me. And thank God for that because my bike is super, super, super dirty. And uh, they have this foaming sprayer that I love. And honestly, with how cold it is, um, it makes life a lot easier when you just have to spray all the soap all over the bike and you're not getting your hands all super wet in the cold outdoors. Um, but anyways, check them out at BikeHardcore.com. That, that's my favorite product. I don't, I don't know how else to put it. And it's about as simple as a weed sprayer, honestly. It's, you know, you pump this thing up and you spray foamy goodness all over your bike, as weird as that sounds now that I've just said that out loud. Anyways, go check them out at bikehardcore.com. That's bikehardcore.com. Use code CROOM10 at checkout um, to get 10% off your first order. And uh, yeah, but anyways, let's go ahead and dive into this week's episode what's going on guys welcome back to another episode of coffee and van chats on the out of bounds network my name is john Croom, and uh yeah we're sitting here with colby lang and we're going to talk about geneva we just did the four days of geneva and uh, uh it was pretty mad it was insane colby had a completely different experience than i did which is kind of why i wanted to bring him on the podcast because he got to see the front half of the bunch and i got to see the back half of the bunch um but it was probably about as chaotic in the front as it was in the rear. Um, but anyways, Colby, how you doing, man?
1: Hey, so glad to be here again. So soon.
0: Well, so I wanted to record this podcast like in Geneva, like as it was happening, but every night, so every morning I was fucked and every night I was fucked. And then I was like trying to think of times like where we could just like go up there and sit down and by the, really it was only the first day that we probably could have done it. You know what I mean? Cause it like, we had to be at the track earlier and earlier every day.
1: Oh my God. It, I mean, it, it's actually cruel. So for people that don't know how, uh, I mean, this was four days of Geneva, but how six day racing works is you tend to start pretty late at night and you're going to be really lucky if you finish before 1130 at night. Um, and then with all that, I don't know about you. I did not fall asleep before two thirty ever, um, And then by the last day, they're having you back at the track racing at 10 in the morning. So, getting up at gosh knows when to eat your breakfast. And seriously, I've never seen a more cracked bunch of humans like just zombies everywhere in the hotel. (laughs) Not oh, yeah,
0: it was uh, well, and that was the wild thing like the first night. Um, and you're saying that you didn't go to bed until two thirty. Here's the thing: I almost went to bed instantly, like when I got back. But I woke up at like three in the morning, and then there was mm. no, there was no going back to sleep. And I was like, "Fuck!" And so I, was, I would like try to lay there. I had a rule, like I couldn't look at my phone until five a.m. <laughs> and and uh, because I would think that that would help me go back to sleep, but never did. Um, yeah. And so I got. Well, you're figure- still jet
1: still probably.
0: Yeah, I got to figure something out for you were doomed this next one like because i think it's kind of given me this like little head cold um which sucks because with this whole omnicron thing you know you just like go into full panic of like oh god i have covid um i'm gonna die um, and i'm trying to go back over and so it's it's hectic but anyways um yeah so we literally would race we raced first night at like seven And then the next day at five 30, but then the next day we had a points race at noon. And then like, and then the day after that, it was 10 in the morning and and so on and so forth. And so, yeah, man. So what was your, like going into that race? So like we had, again, we had two separate preps too. So I rode with an American, I rode with Eddie Huntsman and younger guy never had the experience uh, or like never has experienced something at this level, which was super cool to kind of be with him and, and and experience that with him um but you were going into it with a partner you didn't know um well you, you knew of him right do you know yeah Leo? i
1: I i knew of him just from you know watching like European chants and stuff mm-hmm. uh, turns out he's a sweet guy yeah we didn't meet until you know whatever an hour before the first race which is always comforting I feel bad for him, but I was keeping like a big secret from him the whole time as well so we were teetering oh. on the urge of disaster. Like, so uh, I, I had fallen mountain biking and yeah, when like, not a, not a big deal crash at all. Uh, like got right back up. Not a lot of pain or anything finished arrived. Um, and then whatever the next day just went to the gym was doing sprint workout, like no issues. Uh, fast forward like a week and a half. I'm pumping my tires two days before the event and i don't know something popped or cracked or (laughs) if my rib just like broke in half but i swear i could not walk just frozen in pain and it it just locked up and and so now i'm like sweet like this guy's flying from the uk to come race with me and he's gonna show up and i'm gonna tell him like oh yeah sorry can't do it um see see you when i see it but thankfully by some miracle, the thing that hurt least of riding bikes or lifting bikes on my shoulder or pumping tires or wearing backpacks anything I did in the day, the thing that hurt the least was doing a Madison throw. So, which is insane. Super lucky there. Yeah. You're doesn't make ex- any sense. You're
0: exchanging a human that's like what 160 pounds, whatever, um, into a bike race, like full gas at like 60 plus K an hour. And yeah. You had no pain, but what's what's really funny is that you don't know this. But if you rewind, there was a time. So you guys did exchanges, right? You just met. You literally just met. And Will's like stoked. Will's like, I'm gonna win. We're gonna win this thing. Like, I hope Colby's fit because, like, I want to win. Like, he came in with a mission, and then your girlfriend goes, <sighs> "Has he told you yet?" And she, he goes, "What?" And she goes, "Like, like straight up wide eyed." and like his rib like has he told you about the rib and he's like what about his rib and i was like oh god this is great this is great and so she's immediately trying to backpedal and he's like what rib like what are you talking about and then you walk into the room and then the, the conversation just goes out the window We good talking
1: about it and yeah
0: it ends up being okay
1: yeah you know i sense that and yeah i i had i had planted <laughs> light seeds in will's mind that something might not be totally right but i certainly didn't because to be honest until the morning of the race i was pretty sure it was going to be a disaster i want to know like would you if you were in will's position would you be furious i'm trying to know what i was i i had this blind faith that i was going to pull it off somehow but uh like if you got to the race and say in your case Eddie's like oh no so I can't race and he knew it for a few days and you'd flown across mm. the continent to get there like Whoa.
0: I don't I don't know uh, it's a little different in my case because like if I flew with Eddie there was a there was a there was a little bit of a moment where we thought that was going to end like Eddie wasn't going to race like mm. and that was just due to fatigue and some other things but um but yeah like if i got there and my partner was injured and it was an injury that he had been hiding um i don't know like i don't know how will would have handled it just because of like how he was like oh colby better be fit colby better be ready to go like i like i would never ever walk into a bike race and be like my partner better be fit like if he's not fit fuck that like um i'm gonna be angry like, so I have a feeling that if on the first night you pulled out because your rib was – yeah, it would have probably been bad. I had a
1: feeling. I, I was – he was texting me like, yeah, like, we're going to win this thing. And I'm looking at the start list. Like, <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. Like, defending European Madison champion. Defending European games Madison champion. Like, yeah. all these six-day guys. Like, yeah, yeah okay. Like, he's, he's like, how's your form? And I'm like, ah, oh, you know what? I took a break between now and the last time I rode the track, but yeah, she'll be all right. And she, yes. He's like, "Yeah, hey, yeah, I'm fine. Like, we're we're gonna win this thing. Somehow, we did win the first race, but uh, and the second, yeah, and the UCI one. That mm-hmm. was that was
0: cool. Now, I now, and that's when you blew your rib out again. Probably like what a race, no. or, a day night, a day later or so. I think. No, the, no, this- no, no.
1: So the first night was fine. Uh woke up the second night was or woke up the second day was a little bit sore but totally manageable third day everyone's really feeling it by this point like you said we're racing at noon which to most people are like oh, starting a bike race at noon like that's that's perfect time but you know when you're not finishing at the track until midnight it's actually kind of cruel do the points race, super hard points race, like they always are. And just putting my bike on my shoulder, it popped out again. And then, then I was also pretty sure that I wasn't going to be able to race again. And by that point it had gone well enough. And I think Will was tired enough too, like everyone else in the race. He was like, yeah, yeah. Like no worries like yeah like if, if it's not okay like that's fine like, like that I, i'm was also the, like ready to be done
0: that was the funniest thing like because like coming off the track i'm like fuck like he's gonna have to tell will that he's probably not gonna be able to race uh or he's just gonna pull out and be like hey i'm done and will was pr- it almost seemed like will was wanting you to pull out just so he could be <laughs> like okay the race was good yeah. we had fun boys um yeah and so yeah so was that your first like? I know the answer to this, but what was like, was that your first six day experience? And if not, what was your first six day experience? And let's, let's dive into a little bit of that. I know the answer to this, but I have a feeling I had to like drop an interview question because I think it's a fucking hilarious
1: story, Oh gosh! especially when you tell it. No, not my first six day experience. (laughs) Um, But so my first, the story that I'm going to tell was my first Madison experience full stop period. Um,
0: so ever, ever, like, yeah, yeah. like even, even just doing exchanges,
1: right? Well, no, no, no. I, I, i done some exchanges that Gav, Gav and I had been, you know, like behind the motor and stuff like that, which
0: around uh, people then. So like, did you ride with a yeah. group? How many, what was the max amount of teams that you rode with before this experience?
1: I don't know. Probably, probably like four or something, but okay. it, it also, it, yeah. I mean, Effectively going into this without having ever ridden in a Madison bunch. Um, and people that have never done Madison won't, uh, won't know how crazy that is. But just like your first Madison race is so scary anyway. But in this case, it was, it was in Bremen, Germany, which is on a 166 meter track. So like tiny, um, half the size of most of the tracks in the U.S. Uh, super narrow it's it's not even a permanent track I just build it in like a concert hall like there's you know like theater seats around you Um, and because it's such a closed space there's like all these pits and like mechanic stations and stuff that I I promise you if you were riding and stuck your hand out you could grab the wheel out of the mechanic's hand like there and you can't see anything it's it's just dangerous at the best of times, right? <laughs> and so uh, we're, we're going into this um, really prepared, having done, you know, tens of exchanges in my lifetime. <laughs> and we fly to Bremen. Everyone on the trip is sick. Uh, we don't bring rollers. We don't bring road bikes. So we're just hitting this race like 100% cold i don't even have socks on because i forgot socks um and is a, a uiv is what they call it so basically just a u23 category which yeah like u23 is the racing's even more dangerous because they're just full send and
0: they're looking like, for a contract they're thinking they're, that they're looking they for
1: a contract yeah there's contract. there's no respect amongst each other you know i mean <laughs>
0: partners are even trying to crash each other yeah 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 (laughs) well
1: we'll get to that um yeah like so it kicks off and like i was on the back straight gavin starts to go and all of a sudden the the lights go out and like they had just done a big light show and i knew that six days are meant to be you know like like a, a show like a performance there's there's lots of other aspects of six days to make it as entertaining as possible and so like i'm just assuming that we're going to race and they didn't shoot the gun or anything and so gavin and 12 other dudes are hooking around the track like we just can't see them and then guys start rolling off the rail to go do their changes and the lights are stilled out like (laughs) like i don't know imagine like you're in a dark velodrome like racing at night with no lights um thankfully eventually they stopped it like it was a mistake and for the actual race there was lights but yeah i mean it's hard to get the the gravity of the situation if you haven't done a madison but i mean having done it and Lived to tell another tale, I think it, it it was criminal that I was allowed to be <laughs> on that track. Like, it's like a danger to everyone involved, Jim including Miller. my teammate Gavin, who I crashed and gave a concussion to. And oh, then another shit. kid, another kid who is on relief, like, surely as pinned as I was, right? Like, just so tired because the, the race blows apart instantly. It's just ones and twos on the track. He's on relief, probably so glad to be done with his pole. I'm behind him, like just swinging, not controlling my bike, and just like swing up and take him out. Uh, and yeah, yeah.
0: What? So, like, just for like the average listener, because like again, if 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 you don't even know what a Madison is, I want you to hit pause on this podcast, and I want you to just go, like put, type into YouTube "track cycling Madison" and then just go down the rabbit hole, and then re-enter into this podcast because. The next question is that I'm going to ask you, Colby, is like the severity of difference of racing a national level Madison, so like in the U.S., a national level Madison in the U.S. compared to just what we just experienced, even in Geneva, because that was, wouldn't you say that was a baby? Like that wasn't even that mm. crazy. I mean, fuck, Loic is retired now, mind you. The guy is a uh, European elimination race champion, which. Honestly, that jersey right there alone, the status that should give you as a human being, like ah. that's like that's unreal. Like to be an elimination race national champion is one thing, but to be European champion is insane. So like try to compare it. Like to like try to keep it super simple. So like for example, like if I you know, you're comparing it to like a Honda versus a Ferrari, like compare mm. a national level Madison to what we just experienced on the European level Madison.
1: Okay, well, so most of Madison's you're gonna do in the US are either gonna be on a 333 meter track or a 250 meter track. And so there's gonna be, compared to where we just were, which is a 166 track, there's gonna be, I don't know. Like, I don't don't know the math on this, but the the 333 is much wider and obviously twice as long. Like there's so much more room. The
0: difference of that though, like is the different, like, like 12 teams on a 333 is like equivalent to, you know, three teams on a 166. Like in in comparison, it's
1: yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, we, we were gear restricted for this race. So like every single race, I hit 150 RPMs or more um every race and so like even 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 when it's going slow you're still like spinning like crazy and so that alone takes a lot of concentration just to go around the corner and not fly up to the rail takes concentration um and then you add 24 guys on the track uh all skilled at madison doing things like I, i don't know i felt like i was towards the back of like Madison's skills within the field. And you're watching these guys just like chop and change and dice you up, uh, while you're trying to go like 60 K an hour at 160 RPMs with no room and you can't see around it. Like, I, I it's, it's honestly just two different events. Like you have to do Madison to understand what I'm talking about. And then you have to do this Madison to understand what I'm talking about. Like, I don't even understand what I'm talking about. And I had done it.
0: <laughs> yeah. So uh, you feel like there's just, like, no good way to compare it, like, and explain it?
1: No, it's not the same sport. For sure not. It's not wow. the same sport. But I, it is so, it's so so technically different. Like, And you would have experienced this. But, like, it's also impossible to move up because the race is going so fast anyway. You're on a tiny gear. There's no room to go around in the first yeah. place because there's 24 guys within, you know, like a straight on the track. Uh, But then you try and pass on the turn and you're going so much farther than the guys at the bottom. Like it's a full sprint just to keep up with them. And so you end up like fifth or sixth back to 12th, Like you're just sprinting anyway to stay in the wheels. And then you're having to go around guys and go high. And uh, yeah, the technical aspect to it is incredible and it actually shows because the the team that ended up winning the overall uh were, are two very experienced madison riders and Insane. by the end when guys are like totally smoked like you can just see the efficiency that they're doing like it's almost like they can bend the race to their will just because they're doing it so much more effectively than i was at that point at least
0: Oh, yeah, um, I it's really like, cool
1: to watch, and it's inspiring. But well, yeah, it's it's, it's scary.
0: Yeah, I felt like Loic and his partner it was Team Five, the the red red team. They they were so well drilled, and like Loic would come. They both would. They'd come down so late, like mm. so late. Like he would hang up there as long as he could, and then go down. And then trying to ride Tristan Marguet's wheel on relief was like. I, I thought i was gonna slide out like the yeah no, he was they,
1: so slow they could I, go I, so I, slow yeah i tried once or twice <clears throat> and then eventually bailed like <laughs> yeah <laughs> just went it's, in front of him and rode it's crazy
0: speed. it's crazy how much you can learn from just like riding relief and even riding in the bunch like watching some of these guys uh going full gas if you can even comprehend what the fuck's going on um but like i was just like oh yeah like i think i could ride that slow on relief and i think yuri you know, I was trying to do it and Yuri Havik even was like, yo, speed up <laughs>
1: <And> because <laughs> like
0: I slid out once or twice and, oh, uh, yeah. and, and, and yeah, it's, it's one of those things where it's just like, those guys are so just so proficient and so, and so efficient in, 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 in their craft and what they do. Um, so yeah, man, like, again, do you think, like, do you think this is something that you want to do, I guess for the Olympics? I mean, you know, we, we, when we last chatted and me knowing you too, I, I know a little bit of your background just more or less as a time trialist, but it seems like, you know, obviously fuck, I don't know what a team pursuit program even looks like around here anymore. Um but yeah, you've pretty much only raced in Europe this year and you've gotten stuck in and probably ridden with some of the best Madison riders and some of the best Enduros all year. So like what what is your what is your next season looking like and you know, what's going forward? Like, did anything come from this four day for you?
1: Uh, Yeah, so talk to UAE and I think I'm gonna (laughs) partner with Tade for the tour. There you Um, go. I'll do the Giro before, he'll do the Vuelta after.
0: That's probably for Uh, the best though.
1: Yeah, 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 no, no. He's still up in the air on the tour, right? He can't handle the Italian roads, but I can. (laughs) Um. Yeah, I don't know, I mean, so I, I'm, I'm definitely focused on the track, uh, at least through Paris, as yeah, a yeah. sort of overarching picture. But um, the majority of my races will be on the track through, through May, at least in the short term. Um, it's a little bit dicey now with, like, who, where races are going to be and where they're going to happen and how long you can spend in Europe at any one time. But I left that race, like, dying to do another six-day. Um, for as many as that, yeah. I can. I think they're so cool. I mean, there's no, you just, you can't get, like, I didn't know this until I did this race, but you can't reach your potential in Madison racing without doing tons of six states. Like, 100%. And like we're talking about, you, you see them riding around and they're just so, so effective. And so I want to do it. One is super fun. Two it's massively beneficial to like your skill. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm hoping that uh, I'll get some opportunities to race at Nations Cups and Madison's and other high level races like you and I are doing track cycling challenge Madison, which will be a world class field like that's sweet. Um, But yeah, we'll see. I think I'm 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 not sure who's been paying attention to the results, but I was definitely really pleased from the week as a whole, like I did well and everything I wanted to. And so considering it's like kind of the beginning of the season for us. I know you're about to take a break, but like, it's kind of the beginning of the post Olympic season, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I, I, it went, it went well. So I, I'm, I'm keen to do more track. Every time I step off the track, good or bad race. I'm like, oh yeah, that was awesome.
0: Was that the first time you've done that well in Europe? I was thinking about this the other day. I was just like, um, like I was so impressed with how you rode. And then I was like, looking back and thinking about like all the races I've done, I was like, man, I've been racing all year. And like, I felt like I got stuck in and it's, it's one of those things where it's just like, it's completely different. And Mm. just in the style of racing, like we even talked about the tempo race and it's like, oh yeah, I've loved, like I've had great tempo races all year. And the first bad one that I didn't have, or the first bad one that I had was actually at a nation's cup is when the level changed. And so (laughs) who knows what's going to happen in the track challenge, but it's like, do you, do you feel like that racing in Europe has just become so ingrained in you now that you're able to start pulling results?
1: Uh, it could be, I mean, I think it's, uh, I don't know. I mean, obviously I'm, I'm developing as an athlete as it is. I think racing in Europe has been an important part of that. One thing is, and I think it is the same sort of thing, that's happening in team pursuit and individual pursuit, but going further back, like the classic four minute mile example. But when you race Benjamin Thomas and he just makes like the second and third best track riders in the world look like children, you realize like, oh, well, apparently that's possible. Yeah. And so now your standards like lifted and like, not that I thought that I was some hot shot before but you at least know that there's there's incredible things with your own eyes and while he does make you feel like a child walking off the track somehow it's also closer than you thought like oh well i could race with him for half the race so maybe soon i can do two-thirds of the race and then uh, three-fourths of the race and then who knows where that stops right so that's also was like kind of an, an inspiring experience, um, yeah. And also, well, you make so many mistakes bench racing. I feel like, and eventually, like sometimes things are just clicking. You're in the flow of the race, and it's obviously a lot easier to get to that point when you've been racing a fair amount, which I have. Um, yeah, I'm actually keen when we race back in the U.S. Like, I'll, I'll do nationals next year, yeah. and they will be. Totally different field and I, I have no idea how that will go. It's a different well, style of racing.
0: What I noticed in 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 just one mistakes um, have to be adjusted a lot quicker at this level, at the European level. So in Europe. Whereas in in America or, or some of these lower level races in in, in, the, in the Americas you can kind of get yourself out of a mistake. Like you can start to realize, okay, I'm making a mistake. I can get out of this. Whereas like, I felt like, for example, just the scratch race alone, the one that we did, and you know, it's a big dice roll, right? I had this idea of like around 15 to 10 laps to go, a move's gonna go, like that's what's gonna happen. Or there's gonna be a bunch sprint, right? Like that's the race. I don't think a move's gonna lap the field. I don't think that's what I think is gonna happen. So I tried to race in that tactic. Literally with 11 laps to go, I find myself at the rail, and the points race national champion, I don't know his 15, name. Simon Fittstein. Dude sends it, and then you go, and then a few other guys go, and then that's the bike race. And at that point, you, you know, it's gone. Like there's, not, there's no bringing it back at that point. Um but it happened like this like it was just so quick and so whereas in America I feel like you can kind of adjust a little slower if that makes any sense um yeah yeah, but yeah. you're also going to you especially are going to be marked you sneeze they'll go you know and then so like what I noticed this year is that they'll let some of the lower guys like roll off the front and happened a few times actually and they then they expect you to chase it down they expect you to close it down which understandable i mean like you should close it down but at the same time you can only do so much you are human <laughs> you know
1: yeah yeah you know i think that's actually maybe the biggest difference right is that uh at any given track race in europe the majority, if not every rider on the track, will be like capable and strong, and you know, like capable to win as well. Certainly not, like not everyone's entering the track a favorite, right? But yeah, at least have the horsepower that there are. There are situations where they win the race, where as like in the U.S., especially like in a three thirty-three meter track, when there's more guys on there anyway. Uh, a lot of the guys or some of the guys like are really going to have a hard time finding a way to win. Um, And so that depth kind of works against the racing in general. Like you don't have to race against any one person in Europe because they're all good. Where in the U S when there's maybe five or six or seven guys that are really good. And then maybe a level below there's, less and less guys it it happens oh yeah i'm stumbling over my words but yeah it just becomes more negative i think
0: no for sure hey hold on one second pause real quick i'm gonna put my dog in this crate sick Sorry about that. That's why I was letting you ramble so I could find a good place to pause it so it was easier to edit. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But, but yeah, so like that, that is one thing I also noticed. I mean, if you go back and even just watch the US Madison uh, on a 166, there, I don't think there was a single time in Geneva that the front three teams rode above the blue, like, Mm. slowing the bunch yeah yeah. it was always in the lane it was always fast it like it just never set up whereas if you go back and watch the u.s national championship madison even it's like one person swings up the whole bunch and string of people are just above the blue and you're like what the fuck you know, like just, yeah. Somebody, it's like, it's like people were allergic to the wind and Hey, I'm not even gonna lie. Even I found myself doing it because it's like, you get frustrated, right? You're just like, well, mm. if you're not going to hit the front. Then I'm not going to hit the front. And it's like this thing that trickles down when in reality, it's probably easier if we all just keep riding the front. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Well,
1: yeah, I was, I was about to say that, like, I think, I think for the front few guys, mm. that's, that's actually a pretty good tactic, you know, and to just smash it because because it is so hard to effectively change after say fourth team yeah you're, you're you're losing so much time just going further but also not being able to do your changes like as efficiently but yeah it, it becomes a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy like in a lot of bike races of course like criterions and road races and such but if, you, if you're able to kind of surf the front efficiently then by the end of the race like it's night and day between you and an equally strong team that's been sitting 10th team the whole race.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. And so, and so that being said, like, where, where is it that you think the gap is like, do you think we're just not teaching the Madison enough here? We're not riding the Madison enough here. Or is it just like, Mm -hmm. I, here's my thing. I think it's funny when people are like, Oh yeah. You know, The U S is slow, this, this, and that. And it's like, yeah, you're, you're not wrong. Like, I don't, I don't think you're necessarily wrong, but like if what I thought was so interesting in Geneva, and this is kind of where it hit me is like guys and girls can just show up like via train, right? Like you got, you know, and so you have like, it doesn't even have to be a UCI race for it to turn into a UCI level race because, you know, you have 15 countries, all popping over the pond to to get to the to get to the bike race and and it's like a two hour flight for them or whatever it's like us flying to california like even then it's not even like it's closer than that you know
1: yeah i mean it's the same on the road right like it is it's almost cruel how like you go to a road race or in this case a track race and guys that live two and three countries over are going to be home that night. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's I, like what, so in Switzerland, there's three world-class tracks within, you know, like a two hour drive of each other. If that, if two hours, <laughs> whereas as in the U S we have one indoor wood 250, like, and I love it's, how it's you a two hour flight, it.
0: I loved how you didn't call it a world class track, and it's longer than two hours, mate.
1: To be to be fair, I actually <laughs> love riding LA, but it's not yeah. it's not a fast track. But it is it's one of my favorite tracks right? just because you know those turns are sweet, it's smooth, yeah. too. Um smooth too. But yeah, I mean, I think I've never been to Detroit, but that will certainly help. I think. One thing is we just need more people riding more Madisons. That will make a big difference. But two, yeah, I mean, just the racing isn't that accessible. Like in Switzerland, they have their national championships and they can have them spread out throughout the year because it's like a 40-minute drive for most of them to go to any one of the, I don't know how many tracks they have there. And like when they rock up, it's, it's a it's a field that if it was allowed could respectfully be like a, a world cup field, you know, a nation's cup field, obviously you can't race more than one person per nation in a world cup, but like every one of those guys racing is capable of doing well in the nation's cup. And yeah, like that, that feeds off each other so well. Whereas even if we have that depth in the U S which athletes wise, of course we do like we have the talent, uh, they just don't show up to the racing, right? Like in at a nationals in LA or T town or something. Even not even all all the track riders show up. So yeah, <laughs> it's a uh, yeah that that that's a battle we're fighting. But hopefully, hopefully we can make track cool again, huh? Get people interested. <laughs> well,
0: that that being said, why didn't you show up to Elite Nationals this year?
1: Uh, well, yeah, that goes back to our last paragraph uh podcasts about mental health just, and stuff
0: yeah i just thought i would bring it up just so they're not when somebody listens to this they're not going well you're the one of the track writers and i'm not to coming you next, you on next that year front. either huh i'm not coming next
1: year <laughs> yeah uh no but i mean but yeah like fair enough right like i could have <laughs> i, yeah. I could have come um i i i actually couldn't have really come to uh to madison nationals this year just because by the time it was on on, within possibility that i could go like it was already full and there's no nobody to ride with really but um yeah i mean obviously the last well (laughs) two years uh it's been all about the olympics right and for the u.s that was two guys uh which fair enough like and they prepared really well and i think they had a they were unlucky but they had a really good shot of doing well um but now i think everyone's going to take a step back develop the program or develop the nation as a whole right because obviously we have goals for paris i think i honestly think that uh or we definitely have the talent to be metal metal capable there in bunch racing and then i mean for sure la is on everyone's mind right like yeah it's not so far off either
0: yeah no that's insane um, I, I gotta get through Paris before I start thinking about LA vice versa. I gotta get through this year before I even start really thinking about Paris. I mean, if I'm being honest, but, uh, but, uh, anyways, yeah, man. So this all being said, so what's after obviously we're doing the track challenge again, um, what, what racing's next for you? Um, you're going to see, we're going to see you in a six day if they happen. Um, is, is, are those in the talks? And you, I mean, if you have to leave it at that, that's totally cool, but, um, Yeah, yeah. what's what's next for you?
1: Um, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, like so I'll race in Portugal, that'll be awesome. But those are C2s, and then you and I are gonna smash it up in Grenchen. Uh but there's also like normal or yeah, standalone bunch races, so omnium and points race and whatnot. That'll be sweet, that'll be a world-class field. Um, and it's also a cool event. You can get your haircut for free. So grow out those locks.
0: No shit. I could just yeah. literally just got my hair because I was thinking I needed to get it, mm. and uh, I'll just get my hair cut again. I don't know.
1: Yeah. I don't know man. What, what, why is that uh, a thing? Don't know. Don't know, but uh I hope it's still a thing with the, the COVID measures and stuff, but mm. uh it's quite the event, I'll tell you. Last time Mark Amish was there and I was so starstruck and Me then too. I got to ride around with him on the blue band, I thought that was so
0: cool.
1: Oh we're best buds i wonder if he knows we i exist though maybe
0: maybe he does yeah maybe
1: um but yeah then i i mean i've i've put the feelers out right like getting into six days isn't a simple thing um i think it actually helps that i'm american because they like international fields but um yeah i've i've put my name out there to as many email addresses as i can um but yeah we'll see yeah
0: it's a hard thing to do especially when like you know i was talking to guy east about it and he was like the easiest thing is to have like an all-american team and then mm. i think he was even saying like some of those guys bring on their own sponsors and like i think there was a time where they were sponsored by island 200 <clears throat> which was going to be a 200 meter track in america that just never happened uh, uh. and uh <laughs> yeah and and that was a thing um and so yeah, they just ended up making contacts. I mean, you look at a guy like Nate Koch, you know, he, he got in. I think he brought a sponsor in as well. Uh similar mm. similar sponsor, but then he kind of just ran with it, made the most of it, put on a show and um yeah. Long story short. But anyways, um I'm gonna wrap up this podcast because I know you're busy and you know, you got other things to do. Um so that being said, if you gotta have a cup of coffee one individual not the same one that you said uh, mm. but one individual uh who that individual would be and uh, what cup of coffee would you have
1: okay well we're having you know like a liter of coffee creamer french vanilla mm. okay remember no so coffee just, only coffee creamer
0: only coffee creamer
1: and you think i'd be smart enough to think of an answer uh but i didn't
0: Especially being you've been on this podcast before.
1: I've been on this podcast. I've listened to this podcast. I thought earlier today that I should think about an answer and then didn't, apparently. Um I am going to say Lewis Hamilton right now because I want to know the the ins and outs of the title deciding drama. I want to know what goes into it. What how's he feeling going into this race? him and I are going to chat. I'll get him, I'll get his mental right. And uh, yeah.
0: Right on, right on. Well, cool, Colby. Well, thanks again for jumping in on the podcast. Uh, Guys, if you haven't already, please make sure you go check out Colby Lang's Instagram and social media. He updates it every single day at noon. So be sure to go check that out. Um, Other than that, we'll see you next time. Thanks, guys. Cheers.